0: yeah i don't know what time is anymore
1: no no one does i'm kate martin williams
0: i'm fulu
1: and this is effing shakespeare shorts the wondrous ayokunli falomo is our next guest on effing shakespeare's shorts edition until recently he's been mfaing it up in michigan but he's back home in houston And we could feel a shift in the atmosphere as soon as he returned. Things got a little calmer, a little happier, a little more beautiful in this great city of ours. And he is an old friend of ours. We're thrilled to have him on the show to talk about his new chapbook of poetry called African American. Out now with the new Delta Review, where it won their chapbook prize. Ayo, hello and welcome.
0: Hello, hello. <laughs> it's
1: so good to have you here. <laughs>
0: so nice to be here with you all.
1: First of all, we're just checking in with all our, our guests to see, you know, how they're doing and um where you're talking to us from. You're you're somewhere in this great city, yeah?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Galveston counts as Houston. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm, like, all right. I'm in the Houston area.
1: Surrounding. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like down there?
0: (laughs) I'm mostly indoors. So it's probably the same for like most people. Yeah. Besides like taking walks, you see other people just like walking. Uh, Everything is kind of the same, like almost everywhere. It feels like. Mm
2: -hmm. I hear beaches will be opening up in Galveston soon.
0: Yeah, I read that. I don't know if that's a smart thing. No, it's not. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But I just heard it.
1: Who's like, no, no, it's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a good idea.
1: I agree. So inside, are you, you know, like learning Mandarin or baking soufflés or, I don't know, learning 17th century embroidery? Did you pick on a hobby?
0: Absolutely not. Good. I'm trying to finish the semester. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people like going in and like, oh, this is a time where you're supposed to write your manuscript that would change the entire landscape of. And I'm just like, leave me alone. I want to sleep.
1: <laughs> I identify with that so much. I think, yeah. I, and then there's like this intense pressure that you should be somehow capitalizing on all this time by doing something and it's uh we should
0: we should use it as an opportunity to like rest a bit
1: Mm -hmm. i second that so i would love to hear this new chat book it's in the mail on the way to me today from new delta review
0: i'll start with the first poem uh of the of the chat book uh and it's called epitaph Lemium. And it really is just like a combination of the epitaph and also the epitaphium, which is usually written for a couple like during their wedding, and then of course epitaph being something you write for somebody who's who's passed away. epithalamium Because is this not love? that which demands our breath, or sanity. I might be wrong, but isn't love a kind of delusion? Let me be honest. I too often fantasize about my impending engagement with a side of the law that marks me beautiful enough for the kiss of death. Because it's only a matter of time, is it not? And is this not romantic? America on one knee? Black bodies always say yes. Look how death 24 carat looks on us. Any gorgeous? We share the proposal video across social media. The asphalt, the altar for this unholy union. Like a bouquet thrown or a garter tossed, we watch each bullet leave the officer's gun. And is this, too, not a testament of love? Do you see it? Do you see it? How terrified I am, a man still learning love with this one breath that I am next. I mean, yes, I too want to fall in love with something long enough for it to take my breath away. But tonight, someone else's son catches the bullet. And yes, I breathe in relief. Forgive me this, I return home alive, and yet I wonder, am I unlovable if a bullet hasn't yet found me worthy enough to want to make a home of me? Confession, I never asked for America, no, I never asked for America to be mine. Confession, I want to be silent most days until the ghost of Amadou Diallo jogs past the sidewalk of this glass house I have built on sinking sand. This must be a kind of privilege. Of course, I once thought myself safe, even though all around me are stones. By stones, I mean bullets.
1: Mm. Wow. Do you have some more you can read for us?
0: I'll read another one, Nancy. If we can talk a bit. Mm -hmm. This one is called The One in Which My Father Reminds Me Yet Again of the Ground. Or My Father is a Peacock. An Eagle? I don't know. I was 17 when I, with my father, rode the back of a giant bird and landed on this here soil. And here on this new soil, I plan to unearth all that I can be and laid on the altar of my family name as offering for all the sacrifices my parents have made. All my life, I'd been a bird who did not know about his wings. And ever since I found them, all I wanted to do was soar. Excited, I asked my father once, what are these? And he said, quit flapping. And I question myself often. If a wing is still a thing to be admired, if it never works the way it was designed to. I look out the coop and say, Daddy, there's a wide and free world out there. He says, I flew once, you know. Let me tell you how scary it is out there. And I get it. There is security here with both feet firm on the ground. And the sky, well, who knows? My father knows safe, speaks it as fluent as his mother's tongue. And settling for just okay or anything at all is a language I don't quite understand. He reminds me too often about the ground. Use your feet instead, he says. He says, when I was your age, I walked and walked miles across the village. And I ask if this is what it means to be grounded. It's puzzling how my father, this Rubik's Cube of a man, could give up his wings so I can fly, yet remain unmoved when I try to. Do you understand how frustrating it must be to explain? Daddy, I think you must have been a bird too, or how do you explain these wings of mine? I too am my father's son, and although I still don't know what kind of bird my father is, I sure as hell hate what flying across the ocean has done to his wings.
1: Oh, wow. I i mean, I, this is the first time I've heard or read these these new poems that you've done, and I, I am blown away. So good. Thank you for reading. I'm thinking a lot about how you weave the body, your own body, and, and the political, so the personal and the political. How much... Was that a thought when you set words to page for this chapbook?
0: I don't know if I entirely escaped that. Mm -hmm. You saw every poem I write in a way is about the body. I mean, yeah, every every poem seems to be a poem interrogating the body in some way. And, you know, like the word politics in itself is really interesting because it has to do with being concerned about the affairs of people who live in a particular place. And mm-hmm. so, like, these are individuals, these are people, these are people who are who have bodies. And also politics, you know, you have people who are representing a body of people who are representing, mm-hmm. you know, just the body lends itself either as a landscape of a country or just by itself. It is really, really fascinating. And I think, mm-hmm. like, very generative. But also when you pay close attention, you start seeing what bodies are accepted and acceptable in the larger political landscape. Mm -hmm. It makes you questioned. And also the way bodies are, are, are treated, you know, is really interesting.
1: Yeah. I love what the judge for the new Delta Review contest said about your work. They said, I keep thinking of this work as a match that brings light and fire into this long, long night. That it's both incendiary and also shedding light, bringing light, you know. And I've always loved that about your work, that there is as much joy in it as there is indictments, right? That you're, it's not rosy. It's light and fire, you know.
0: I like the light and fire.
1: Yeah. Let's just back up a little bit and just tell me a little bit about chat books in general for some of our newer writers who might be listening to the podcast for some tips you know placing chat books is a different thing Mm. and tell me about that process
0: it happened last year so i i submitted the chat book in december of 2018 Mm -hmm. and by i think april of 2019 it got accepted And I started Michigan fall of last year. So like around August. So I'm happy that it actually got accepted before I went into Michigan. That was really like good for me.
1: Yeah. And had you submitted several places?
0: Yeah, I had submitted a few places. And I think I kind of knew that I was up to something, especially like Towards the end of 2018, because I, I had submitted it like a little while before that to like Rattle and some other places
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they were like, yeah, no. <laughs> so I, I took a few months and I like, just like worked on it and like had different variations because the poems are really from something larger that I'm trying to do. And so I I just wanted to put these poems together. Number one, because I was very eager to have something just out in the world, because I knew these the project that I was working on, that I'm still working on, is a project that's gonna take a while. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Probably like a decade or so. Yeah. I don't wanna wait that long. But just to kinda have something, and these were poems that I already wrote. And I was also interested in the way that they were like communicating with each other. But I sent it out and the first wave was like, no, no, no. And then it got like runner up from a contest that was judged by Soma Sharif,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who I absolutely love. And her work actually was like a model mm. in so many ways. Her, Lady Long Soldier, Mawa Halal, Lois, Ariana, Wendy. Uh, like, these are people who are models, you know, for yeah. the type of work that I was trying to do. And so when I saw that she was judging it, you know, I submitted it. And even though it didn't win, picked it as a runner up. And so, like, that made me aware that, okay, yeah, I'm up to On something. to
1: something, yeah. yeah. What an incredible affirmation. That is so cool.
0: Yeah. So not too long after that, I submitted it to a New Delta, especially reading their statement about what they were looking for and I already mm-hmm. was aware of new delta being a place where they really really love hybrid work mm-hmm. which is what my work is and like experimentation and stuff like that so and then I saw that Stella was judging it and you know the little that I could read about her work I was like oh this is <laughs> this is the right space yeah, like even if it doesn't win, it might do something. And then they sent out the list of the finalists and the the semi finalists, and yeah, and then finally they were like, "You won it." I was like, <laughs> "Okay,
1: nice, nice." <laughs> I love that. I was like, "Nice, I'll take it." That's really
0: good. I was I was very excited, <laughs> especially like you know with Stella judging it because her work blurs the line between. Number one, fiction, nonfiction, poetry—in mm-hmm. a way that's like really, really exciting—and yeah, she was the perfect judge for it. And then, you know, like you were saying earlier, like what she had to say made me like feel like seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And like I said, this is from like a larger project, uh-huh. and you know, she's not aware of that, but like she was <laughs> able to like speak to what my entire over. Mm -hmm. It, in a way, that, like, made me feel like, okay, this is good.
1: Yeah. Can you read another poem for us?
0: I would love to. Oh, great. This one is called Full Mouth, Open Mouth. It is 2007. I walk into a country that is not mine with a full mouth. My foreign drips down my chin from its overflow. It is 2017, and my mouth is still full. I did not trade my teeth for a good meal. By that, I mean that even when I was in this new country, hungry for a validation sizzling as the miracle that could only have been wrought by a mother's hands, I have walked away from the table. I mean that I know who I am enough to die hungry, Than be fed an identity or a name that isn't solely mine. I am a hybrid of sorts, still learning and unlearning what it is that I am. I mean that I am in awe of how holy it is to exist in the imperfect way that I do. It is 2007. I walk into a park, into a circle of boys the same age as I am. They are about to start a game of what they call soccer. I call it football. I say, my name is my name. It says, who? I say, my name. It says, yo, yo. I say, my name. It says, yo, man, can I just call you A? I say, A, no, you may not. B, no, you may not. B, becoming is an unraveling. There is a gift to reward the work it takes to be whatever creature you shape-shift into, your gloriously imperfect hybrid. B. Being called out of your name into a name that isn't even a name is a different kind of unraveling. I know it's cold outside, but be bold enough to let your brittle bones bear the burden of a body that knows what it means to survive. Wrap yourself in that coat. C. See how easy it is for a person to be an accessory in another's mouth? It is 2010. I walk into a college campus. A friend walks beside me, asks, by the way, how did your English get so good? You've only been in America about three years, right? And I tell him, English is actually my country's official language. For 13 years, the education I received in my own country penalized me for allowing my mouth to be an open and welcome floor for my mother's tongue to dance on. So yeah, here on this table, I have prepared for myself a full course meal of myself and all that I am and still trying to be, bones and all. My mouth is still full, but I have never stopped being hungry, and wouldn't it be a shame if I swallowed all my teeth and let myself stop.
2: Wow.
1: Light and fire. So good.
2: Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you.
2: Can you say a little bit about the title of the chapbook? It's pronounced African-American, but there's a comma.
0: Right. the The term itself, the term African-American is really contested. And I think I, I mean, I enjoy that for one, the fact that it's like something people argue about. And also it speaks to like history in a way from, from Negroes, to like coloreds, to like Blacks, to like African-Americans, just the the progression uh, of that. But also more specifically, I, I was born in Nigeria. I was raised there. I lived there until I was 17. So that makes me African. I am also a naturalized American citizen. So that makes me an American. And the hyphen between African and American is always interesting to me, which suggests equal footing of some kind, which is not always true. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I I think I wanted a visual representation of the rupture that happens between the two concepts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just how it pertains to like the. The interesting concept of citizenship anyways, you know, what makes us citizen of anywhere, really. That comma is a moment to kind of like take a pause rather than this hyphen that's almost a bridge of some kind that you can just like walk through, Mm -hmm. like walk between seamlessly. Which isn't like always true, especially like in my own experience, like it's a pause. It's something that I have to always negotiate and like renegotiate and like reflect on. And so, yeah, that's kind of why it's African comma American. It speaks to my own experience directly, but like in the larger context of like history, of what it means to be African and what it means to be American.
1: Yeah, so much meaning tied up in in a tiny symbol, you know. (laughs) the hyphen versus the comma. We say all the time words matter, but even even smaller pieces of the way we construct meaning out of language matters.
0: Oh yeah, the the comma is an OG. I love the <laughs> comma. <color. laughs> <laughs> Too much. Mm-hmm. I've never written a paper that did not have comma splice. So <laughs>
1: You just stick an M-dash in there and you're fine. That's how I've been doing
0: it. I love the M-dash too, but sometimes it gets, yeah, it gets like, oh, wait, I lost myself. (laughs) (laughs) But the comma is like, you just put the comma in there and just keep going.
2: (laughs) Yes, I like the comma also. I'm always concerned whenever I write, there's too many commas. And then Chris Kander, I was talking about that to Chris Kander and she said, just put them all in. No, if they want if they want to take it out then you could decide then just put them on. Right. Yeah, leave them right.
0: on. Somebody <laughs> else will do that work. Yeah. It's not gonna be me. Yeah. That's why. Thank you, editors uh-huh. so much.
1: Uh-huh.
0: As for me, I will put all the commas.
1: As for me and my house.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's
1: gonna be some problems. As for
0: me and my poems, they're gonna be some comments. That's awesome.
1: Oh, my God. oh, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Before we go, can you tell us one thing that's giving you life or a recommendation for those weary travelers? And then, well, none of us are traveling. The weary, corona, quarantined.
0: Quarantined. Mm-hmm. Isolated. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been like giving me joy is returning to Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I, I really love whenever they you know, work together, just like watching old videos. It's been giving me so much joy. But more specifically, maybe sometimes last week or so, I was just like just doing that by myself randomly. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, let me go ahead and listen again, as I do occasionally to Ella Fitzgerald, who's the OG of that. Mm-hmm. She's, she's incredible and that just gave me so much joy and of course listening to like Louis scat as well mm-hmm. and moments whenever they do together or just sing together is really really wonderful so whatever that version of that is for like other people yeah even if it just means like returning to it something that you've forgotten yeah I literally like did not remember how much because I, I love watching it not just the sonic pleasure of that, but just like watching how delighted they are whenever like they're in that zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there are even parts whenever she's like performing, this, I don't know the worthless sound. <laughs> like she would like literally say like, I've forgotten the words, but then there's this like other thing that's like happening that's equally delightful.
1: Right, right. Well, we will link to some of your faves on the episode notes and also to your chat book. We've said it before, but we'll say it again. You guys go out and buy from independent bookstores, buy directly from the publishers themselves. They all appreciate the support during this time and always. And Ayo, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you both uh, so much.
1: Thank you,
2: Effing Shakespeare Shorts is a production of Bloomsday Media, hosted by Kate Martin Williams and Jessica Cole, and me, Fulu, production assistance by Lily Wolfmeyer.
0: Don't money rise, but don't money rise, don't money rise and don't money rise, but the don't money rise, don't money rise and cool Bam bam, boom bam, do money bomb boom bam, do body bomb bomb down La da da, die da da dam.